Hello there, you Awakening Wonders on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you download your podcasts. We really appreciate you, our listeners, and want to bring you more content. We will be delivering a podcast every day, seven days a week. Every single day, you'll get a detailed breakdown of current topics that the mainstream media should be covering. But if they are covering, they're amplifying establishment messages and not telling you the truth. Once a week, we bring you in-depth conversations with guests like Jordan Peterson, RFK Jr., Sam Harris, Vandana Shiva, Gabor Mate, and many more. Now enjoy this episode of Stay Free with Russell Brand. Remember, there's an episode every single day to educate and elevate our consciousness together. Stay free and enjoy the episode. No, here's the fucking news. Hello there, you awakened wonders. Thank you for joining us. What's the future going to look like when a state broadcaster just casually tells you that at Porton Down, they're working on new vaccines for disease X? They also make chemical weapons there. Have we learned nothing about mRNA technology, the risks of clinical trials in these areas, the problems of dual research? And indeed, is it even appropriate that chemical warfare and vaccines are somehow alloyed? Is there a reason for this? What's going on? Let's have a look at how the legacy media propaganda machine is supporting on this subject and telling you there's nothing to worry about and everything to be grateful for. Luckily, you're funding it. The British government has unveiled a new vaccine research facility where scientists are working to prevent future pandemics. That is potentially exactly how the last pandemic started. Scientists are working on a solution to future pandemics. That's what they were doing at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. There hasn't been a proper debate about whether or not that's what we want. Do you want it? Do you want gain-of-function research? Do you want humanised mice tested on? Do you want new potential lab leaks? Shouldn't we wait to the end of the COVID inquiry to see how this problem began, whether the response was appropriate, how effective the medicines were? Are you not concerned that the COVID inquiry has been indefinitely delayed, even though it's cost £145 million already? Are you not concerned that these inquiries are not being correctly undertaken and this sort of research is still happening? Let me know in the chat. It's located at Porton Down, a high security research facility best known for its work on chemical warfare. We're best known for our work on chemical warfare, but don't you dare try and tie us down. We're also making crazy new vaccines for diseases that haven't happened yet. Experts are preparing for what is known as disease X, or the the next pandemic virus. Our health correspondent Dominic Hughes was given rare access to the facility. I hope nobody coughed on him. Probably he was keeping his social distance. Although actually that was arbitrary as well, wasn't it? The delicate task of protecting the nation's health. This is one of the laboratories at Porton Down where scientists are analysing current threats, new variants of COVID for example, and trying to identify new ones inside these purpose-built labs. Been built for a purpose. We don't just fling these things up. Have you ever looked into the measures of safety that are deployed, that there's BSL-2 and BSL-3 and BSL-4? And sometimes in BSL-3, that's the penultimate level of safety, there are frequent lab leaks. Do you not think that given the potential origin of the last pandemic, it's possible that this type of research should be regulated a lot more stringently, that it should be extracted entirely from the possibility of profit, particularly if it's at any point publicly funded. Do you think it's a possible problem that it's somehow become allied and connected to chemical warfare? Don't all of these things present you with a bunch of questions? And do you think that you should be involved in that conversation or are you just too stupid and potentially misinformation might baffle you? Where is misinformation coming from? Is it from independent media or state-funded media? More than 200 scientists working for the UK Health Security Agency are helping to develop and test vaccines against a range of diseases. It's vital work, 
to keep us all safe. Yes, that's right. Now, isn't it extraordinary that underneath us now is a warning, COVID-19. And potentially, when you watch this video, a pop-up, be careful, there's misinformation in this video. Whereas on the BBC that you pay for, a journalist can just soberly say, they're doing this to keep us safe. Don't you think it should be mandatory at that point to say, although the COVID-19 pandemic could have begun in a laboratory, in fact, that seems the most likely point of origin for this virus, how can they possibly claim to be the protectors of pure information when conveying propaganda continually. And of course, I know how we're reported on and how we're talked about. We're not morons. I don't think that science is like ridiculous or absurd or oughtn't be undertaken. I'm saying that science, when connected to a profit motive, when regulations continually support the interests of the powerful, we, the public, ought be continually inquiring. I think that these people are probably fantastic and brilliant and capable of doing wonderful work. But humanized mice being infected with MERS, which is currently happening, I believe, in China, is the kind of research that oughtn't be undertaken. You want absolute transparency, absolute clarity of communication. And if you're funding it, you want to know about it. And if it's connected to weaponry, I think it's already becoming quite suspicious. That's just what I think. Let me know what you think. We've got in many respects the toughest um, job in the world, which is to protect health against infectious diseases and environmental hazards. And it is tough because we know that the, the risks of new and emerging infections, including those of pandemic potential, is increasing. How do you know that? For decades, scientists at Portendown have been involved in medical research, as well as the work on chemical and biological warfare, for which the centre is perhaps better known. <laughs> That's not so philanthropic. Look at this room. These female scientists doing great work to protect us all together. They're doing vital work to protect us. They do this other thing where, you know, the most devastating and awful things imaginable. Children being napalmed and bombed and diseased and consequences for generations. They do that as well. So they're not just heroes then, are they? Admittedly, they're involved in the development of tools that could be utilised, or in the wrong hand. Or if terrorists were to get hold of those weapons, what about governments having those weapons? What about wars being waged across the world in your name using those weapons? Are you happy about the Ukraine-Russia war? Are you happy about what's going on in Gaza? Are you happy about what's going on in Yemen? You're funding it. During the pandemic, laboratories like this one played an absolutely vital role in assessing how effective the vaccines were in combating the coronavirus. OK, well, luckily the COVID inquiry has been curtailed because it seems that there's still some room for debate about how effective those medications were, what the adverse events were, the cause of myocarditis, the sudden increase in cancers previously thought to be quite novel. So whatever research they were doing into the efficacy and safety of vaccines, we might want to go back and do a few more trials. But as well as monitoring how effective existing vaccines are against new COVID variants, the new Vaccine Development and Evaluation Centre is looking at emerging threats for which no vaccine yet exists. Any minute now, though, just give Albert Baller a little bit of advance notice. I'm from the UK. You may not know how the BBC is regarded. They were a treasured institution, the arbiter of truth, a connection to ordinary people, one of the great gifts of the immediate post-war era that celebrated and demonstrated the togetherness of a nation. I have to say now that the BBC has become a conveyor and purveyor of propaganda. It's heartbreaking to say that when they've created so much incredible content and been so reliable for so long. But you watch this now. This is not effective balanced reporting. This is propaganda. One of those is Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever. Changes to climate and the way we live. They can't choose which bit of propaganda to convey. Climate change is causing this. It's more likely to be climate change than a lab leak that causes us to lock you in your homes next time. But we'll never know because the COVID inquiry is not happening till summer of 2026. And God knows how hot it'll be by then because of you and your recycling. I mean, viruses like this one 
could find a way to the UK. <laughs> Why are you not saying that there might have been a lab leak at the Wuhan Institute of Virology? Why are you not saying that indeed this type of research itself could be the problem? Do you understand the extent of the research that's being done? Do you understand how possible, likely, plausible and common lab leaks are? Have you got any idea how much it appears that establishment interests benefit from pandemics? I am not suggesting for a second that the entire thing was a dastardly plan. I will, however, point out that the institutions that benefited most from the pandemic are the state, globalist interests, big pharma, ability to regulate, ability to profit, ability to surveil, ability to censor, all increasing during that period. This version of reality, we're just beavering away here with these little mites that are being caused because you have not done the recycling. It's your fault and we're stepping in to help you. The entire characterization of the relationship is bogus. The relationship between the state and the people, I'm saying. But equally, the next pandemic could be caused by a virus that has yet to be identified, what experts call disease X. Dangers known and unknown. These scientists will be working to make sure we're prepared for both. Dominic Hughes, BBC News, Porton Down. Well, on that very issue of disease X, I've been speaking to Professor Dame Jenny Harries. She's the chief executive of the UK Health Security Agency. When I'm terrified about a global pandemic, I always look to the makers of chemical weapons, those reliable fiends that ensure the mutilation and devastation of poor brown people across the world. Those are the people you want on the front line. And I asked her how scientists prepare for a threat when they don't know what that threat is. We talked to Bill Gates. So that is the challenge, which I think you heard our chief scientific officer, Professor Isabel Oliver, describe. Um, but there are a number of steps that we can take. Look at the propaganda behind them. We are impactful. We are insightful. We are telling you the truth. We can be better prepared in terms of surveillance. And inclusive. Oh my God, this is about a potential pandemic. You know we're on the very precipice of signing a treaty with the WHO that will mean that they will demand 5% of the health budget of every member country and will be able to impose legislation on every member nation without any kind of consultation, referenda or opining from you as an individual. Your freedom is being limited by this kind of propagandist measure, this kind of perspective and the people that have got warnings under them are us. Look at the warning right now. Oh, careful, COVID misinformation. Look at this. Already, even in a story that's about future pandemics that they're getting the solution for by doing more research that possibly caused the thing in the first place in a chemical weapons factory, they're telling us that they're impactful, insightful and inclusive. We include all of the government messaging in one healthy little package. So we're doing that work separately. Uh, but what we do in the UKHSA labs at Porton Down, which is separate, I might say, from the Ministry of Defence. Although... We do collaborate a little bit. Uh, facilities for chemical warfare. Don't get bogged down in the fact that in this lab they're doing chemical warfare. We're all just a team of scientists working together to ensure you're free. Get ourselves ready both to uh, isolate the new pathogens, uh, to develop assays so that we can test them accurately, and to work with other partners, with academics and with um, pharmaceutical companies. Sorry, you're working with pharmaceutical companies? Right, they're your partners. Okay, so do you think that in the event that there was another pandemic and there was a vaccine, even though we are funding the research, they might potentially profit from it. Is that why 10-year deals were done with Moderna? Is that why Pfizer made sure that there was a 75-year period before we could gain access to some of the clinical trial data? Well, this all seems incredibly transparent. You better delay that COVID inquiry because you don't want people thinking too hard because they might think they're way out of obedience. What would you say is the most important lesson that was learned from the pandemic? 
people will do whatever you tell them to if you terrify them enough? So I think uh, I was going to say partnership was the immediate word that comes to mind. Partnership? What with the private sector and corporations and pharmaceutical companies? Listen, I'm not saying anything about that individual or any of those scientists. All individuals, I believe, are sacred. I'm sure all of us are doing the best we can with what we've got. But this kind of systemic corruption, this kind of propaganda, weapons manufacturers partnering with Big Pharma in order to create preemptive vaccines after we've just had a pandemic possibly caused by research into preemptive vaccines seems like the sort of area where if you actually lived in a democracy, people might get a little referendum, a little consultation, a little conversation rather than a puff piece telling you that this is good for everything from equality to the climate to recycling without any legitimate questions being asked. This is the news. Don't you think that what a question that you might like to hear answered is, look, some people are concerned that actually this pandemic was caused by research of this nature. Can you allay the fears of our viewers by telling us that this is extremely safe and assure us that the biggest risk to our future is emergent natural origin viruses rather than these kind of Frankenstein gain of function, terrifying for-profit endeavours that potentially caused the last one? Wouldn't you like to see that question asked? Um, and it is that continuing work which we are planning to continue going forward so that we are ready working together as soon as a pathogen appears and actually obviously beforehand so we're prepping as fast as we can. There is that target of being able to deploy hopefully a vaccine within 100 days of the threat being identified. Why are we normalising the next pandemic? Why is that happening? Why is that on the news? Get ready, disease X, it's happening, it's inevitable, it's unavoidable, we have treatment in 100 days. We should still be dealing with the reckoning of the last catastrophic response to a pandemic. Were the social measures effective? Were the medicinal measures effective? What were the consequences? of it not. There's going to be a worse one. Get ready, get primed. Do you think that it's simply the function of the media to prime you and prepare you to be continually compliant? Is the function of the culture to limit your horizons, limit your optimism, limit your freedom, whether it's at the level of entertainment, certainly at the level of propagandist news institutions like the one we're just witnessing, to prevent you from going, hang on a minute, I've got a lot of questions about the last pandemic and who made money from it and how it disrupted infrastructure and how it destroyed individual lives and how it's used to normalise the impediment of human freedom before we go marching gleefully into the sequel like it's Iron Man 3. How close are you to that particular target to making that realistic? So that is a, a, an ambition. So to get from an identified uh, pathogen to uh, a vaccine and, and to therapeutics within 100 days, I mean, to put it in context, that's about uh, a third of the time uh, that it took us to get uh, a COVID vaccine. Well, you should have took your time a little bit. Have a look at some of the people litigating against AstraZeneca. Uh, into people's arms. And that was an outstanding record. Usually it takes about five to 10 years for a new vaccine to, to come through. Let's have a look at some of the results in five to ten years of your last success. So it is a really challenging ambition and it won't work for all viruses and bacteria. Mm, indeed. But I do think it is possible for many and the more we think about it in advance the more likely we are to achieve it and that's what the purpose uh, of our new vaccine development and evaluation centre is. So there you are. Disease X is on its way but fear not because the chemical weapons industry are already preparing a solution and state media are already normalising that endeavour. And the COVID inquiry has just been abandoned and booted off into the faraway future. And the key word is partnership. As long as we've got partnerships in Big Pharma, all of our futures are safe and secure together. But that's just what I think. Please join this movement while you can. Stay free. <laughs> no, here's the fucking news.